<laughs> I love that. I love that video so much. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all so, so much for being here. Uh, let me pop this here uh, to start off with, and then we will get going. So uh, good morning, everyone. Don't forget to whack in the chat feature where you're watching from and how you are this morning. It's so, so wicked to have you here. Uh, I hope for those of you in the UK, at least, and, and around the rest of the world, that your Easter was brilliant and that you're returning nice and rested from a from a nice uh, holiday weekend uh, too. Uh, let me just say, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I hope that we set off your Tuesday in the best way possible. Um, I always think that video is, is, is a really, really good way to start things off in the least. Uh, but now it's over to us and it's over to you into about making today a great session. And the way that this is going to be a great session is two ways. The first is that you get involved uh, in the Q&A. So you get your questions in nice and early. Um, and the second is you light this chat feature up like nobody's business. I can already see that there's 66 messages up already um, and, and growing. So everyone, I want you to take advantage of this chat feature today. Uh, look to uh, listen, say hello and be positively lovely. Use those opportunities to make those connections and also you know, share the insights of your own. I think the amazing thing about the chat feature is that if you were just sat here watching a talk, you'd have these thoughts going through the, your head. Today, you've actually got the opportunity to share them. So uh, the way that you're going to do that is by switching your chat feature to all panelists and attendees. And uh, yeah, just have a lovely time. Do look after each other. So uh, today, I want to... I'm just so happy that our guest is uh, Tim Solo. Tim is uh, the CMO at Hrefs or Ahrefs, depending on how you're going to pronounce it. Um, but uh, let's go with Hrefs. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Hrefs is a tool that helps you do SEO really, really well. Uh, or as they more eloquently put it on their site, make it so that you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more traffic. Now, it sounds like they've asked me to say that. I haven't. I'm sat here as a, actually as a customer. And then I took the time to uh, get in touch with Tim afterwards because I both admire the, the implementation of the tool, but also the implementation of their content marketing. And as uh, marketing people, then you've got to admire it when people are doing their thing really, really well. Um, I'm also, you know, just buzzing to have Tim involved because I think a lot of us will spend time sort of speaking about theory and marketing, but very few of us actually see uh, marketing implementation done really well. But that's exactly what Hrefs have done over these past few years. Uh, whether it's building out their own blog, whether it's building out uh, processes that just make sense. Uh, I think that we've got an opportunity today to learn from someone who's actually done the work as well as can speak about it. Um, today runs as an interview, so there's no there's no uh, talk element of it. It's just a chat between a couple of people and all of you. So uh, do take the time to get those questions into the Q and A feature because that's actually going to be really really important as part of this this whole thing. Um, you can find that down below, and and when those questions come in, don't forget to give them a thumbs up as well because we'll use those opportunities to. Uh, to get those questions to the top that want to be answered. Uh, before we get into the interview, it's important to thank our sponsors because without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, every week we have a featured sponsor and this week is Brand Recruitment. Uh, Brand Recruitment were the first people that I emailed when I started the marketing meetup five years ago. I was just looking for some people to cover the buffet and, uh, and be able to make sure that we could be able to make the group a reality. Um, they said yes on the back of a whim, and they've stayed with us over these past five years. Um, it's really interesting in the market that we're in right now that, you know, obviously everyone's a little bit nervous and stuff like that, but there are roles out there and brand recruitment are filling them and, and HREFs have been filling them as well, as an example. Um, so the thing that I would say is that if you're unhappy in, in your role or whatever, then um, this isn't like advertising brand recruitment necessarily, but there are opportunities out there. So, so don't feel like you have to hold on to what you've got. Sometimes if it's not wrong, sometimes the right answer is, is finding something which is good for you. Um, so 
we've got mentioned brand recruitment there. I also mentioned the rest of our sponsors. They're going to be in the follow-up email. And my one ask for them is just take the time to say uh, thank you. So a big thank you to uh, Impression, Content Cal, Pitch, Fiverr, Redgate, Cambridge Martin College, Brand Recruitment, Gravity Global, and Third Light, and Geosk, uh, who came in last week. Uh, so uh, that's me done. Um, and thank you, Nicole, for saying thanks to the sponsors in, in the chat as well. That's really lovely of you. Uh, Tim, uh, it's wicked to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. Um, hey, Joe. Uh, thanks a lot for inviting. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, it's wicked to have you. And, and really, it's, it's brilliant uh, to just be spending some time. So I've spoken a little bit about HRFs and a little bit about you, but um, for the benefit of anyone else, out there and any big bits of information I've missed off in my introduction. Uh, could you speak a little bit about your own journey within HREFs? Uh, wait, can I first give you props on that introductory video and especially this song that is playing? Uh, <laughs> I, I have like uh, in my previous life, I used to be a DJ. So uh, I still have this like appreciation for music and whenever for HREFs, we need to create some kind of uh, video content where we would need some song to play uh, alongside. I can literally spend hours on those like uh, music stock, stock websites to like uh, pick the proper tune. Uh, and sometimes we actually go and order like uh, a customly made tune that, that would fit what we have. So like, uh, actually I wanted to start off with a question to you. Where, where does this tune come from? Where did you get it? Oh. Um, so we licensed it. It was actually so Baz Richardson uh, from Bravo Marketing was was the guy um, who created our rebrand. So we rebranded back in December and he did that. So I'm going to have to find out. I'm going to have to find out the website which he got it from because. Uh, oh, interesting. I, I, I don't know from the top of my head, but um, yeah, no, it, it was it was a, a music site and uh, it does work perfect, doesn't it? It's just got the energy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an amazing tune. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Sets the mood uh, perfectly. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, your journey. <laughs> uh, my journey. So, yeah, I think it, it was actually a nice segue into my journey because uh, uh, one, of my, one of my first jobs was uh, a technical support uh, uh, specialist. Uh, I was working uh, in a hosting company that was some Canadian hosting company that had a small office in Ukraine where they were outsourcing uh, their technical support. So this was my first job in IT. Uh, and then my passion was uh, electronic music. So I used to be uh, a DJ uh, in, in a local nightclub. And then uh, once I realized that uh, DJing is not the career I want to pursue, and uh, I wasn't really uh, that interested in programming, uh, I, I, I actually blame it on my teachers in school because they failed to ignite the passion in me, even though I was usually good, uh, I was very good with mathematics and physics and all sorts of stuff. It just like uh, they, they didn't manage to yeah, ignite the passion. Uh, I also didn't have uh, any interest in web design. So I was thinking, okay, I know that I want to pursue career in IT because I'm already working as a technical support specialist. So we know a little bit about DNS, hosting, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Uh, but that wasn't programming, that wasn't design. So what is left? Uh, and I learned from one of my friends that there's this thing called SEO, mm -hmm. uh, which means you need to rank websites in Google. Uh, and it's interesting and uh, people pay lots of money for it. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, that's, that sounds like something that I want to do. Uh, and they got an entry-level job uh, as a junior SEO specialist. Uh, but at the same time, I launched my own website uh, because I was a DJ. I launched a website about electronic music. It was just, we were just posting some, some of our uh, electronic music selections and tried to like grow popularity with that website and experimented with like different marketing strategies of how we can, we can get attention and such. Uh, and then I, I enjoyed the idea of blogging. I enjoyed the idea of uh, digital marketing, internet marketing. Uh, and then I, I shifted, uh, I created a blog about blogging like many people uh, did back in the days. Uh, it was actually launched as a bet with my friend. So we had a bet who can start a brand new blog and generate more traffic in six months. Uh, long story short, I won the bet, but not because I was so uh, amazing at generating traffic, but because my friend quit halfway. So that like, uh, uh, yeah, technical win for me. 
uh, and then, yeah, I, I kept uh, working this. I, I, I was still interested in blogging. I was still interested in internet marketing. Uh, and I was creating content on those topics. Uh, I was uh, publishing articles on, uh, on the biggest blogs at that time, which were Social Media Examiner, uh, Moz Blog, uh, and a couple of others. And that is how essentially Dmitry, the CEO and founder of HFs, noticed me because he was uh, on the lookout for a person who could do marketing for HFs. And one important thing, uh, I'm a Ukrainian. By the way, I saw a few people from Ukraine in the chat. Someone said I'm from Ukraine. Uh, hi guys, uh, or girls. Um, so uh, yeah, and I, I never, I never try to hide the fa that fact. So I know a lot of people like to pretend when they are not from the U.S. or the U.K. Uh, from some some other country, especially if that's a third world country, uh, they would try to pretend they're from the U.S. So I never did that. I was actually proud of my uh, of my home country. So I explicitly said I'm a Ukrainian, but like. Uh, I enjoy blogging in English, blah, blah, blah. And this is how, because Dmitry, the founder and CEO of HFs, is a Ukrainian himself. He enjoyed that there's a Ukrainian guy who is doing, like, who is interested in digital marketing for, like, English-speaking market. Uh, and he reached out to me, uh, offered me a small project, and then it just escalated from there. That's amazing. That's so, so cool. I mean, what a story. And, and like... I guess if you were to put a headline of from DJ to CMO, and, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, uh, the, 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 the bits of serendipity that, that sort of come in in between as well, you know, those moments of, you know, oh, I'll write a blog here and then I'll end up being seen by another guy. And then, you know, I end up here and, and stuff like that. It's yeah. Just it's as they say, there's a lot of luck in this, but you have to create this luck. So if I weren't uh, right, if I, if I weren't writing so prolifically for different websites and getting myself out there, uh, luck wouldn't find me. So absolutely. absolutely agree with you. I love that. And, and on that journey, I guess a lot of folks that are watching today are going to be uh, either solo marketers or, or people who are working in, in small companies, you know, generally speaking, you know, I think about 50% of our audience are uh, between in companies of one to 20 people. So generally speaking, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks in those companies and you've been through this amazing journey over these past few years, you know, you started in that, that project role and now you're CMO and I can even see behind you, you know, you've got a wall with hrefs on the back, you know, so, which is just symbolic of the journey, I guess, you know, I mean, looking ahead as a crystal ball for those people who are watching in today who are in those small companies or in those smaller roles what were the sort of like foundational things that you're really pleased that you've put in over this journey on a marketing sort of front uh, that have sort of made a big difference over the hrefs journey uh yes yeah, so i definitely can relate to to the audience because when i joined the hrefs when dmitry invited me to to come here to singapore uh, and become part of the company and be in charge of marketing. Uh, I was employee number 16. So I know what, what that is to be in a small company. And it's actually amazing. So uh, Dmitry's goal from the start was to keep the company as small as possible. So uh, our main competitor who have IPO'd, I think it was last week or something, they have over a thousand employees. Right. HREFs, we are not much smaller than them. We are not much less popular than them. So we kind of wrestle with them uh, with equal kind of power. And the total employee count of HREFs as of today is around 70 people. That's seven zero. So like a thousand people, 70 people. So I actually like the idea of working in a small company. And uh, I do believe that you can do great things uh, with uh, a small number of people. Now, in terms of what kind of advice I can give to, uh, to people who are right now in the situation that I was like six years ago. Uh, that would like the best advice I, I can give is, uh, is quite a platitude actually. Uh, it's to hire the right people because uh, I like, yeah, like you present me, it's team, they grow their like blog, blah, blah, blah. They grow their website, but essentially I am lucky to work for a great CEO and founder, Dmitry, because lots of ideas that are kind of coming from me are coming from him. I'm just transmitting the stuff that he, uh, he teaches me, he tells me to do. And then 
under me, there's an, another layer, layer of great people who do the work. So we have Josh, who is in charge of our blog, who has made amazing contributions to our blog. We have Sam, who is in charge of our YouTube channel, who took us like from almost nothing to 100,000 subscribers in the SEO industry. So we're not like a travel blog. We're not a celebrity gossip blog. Like SEO, SEO is quite a, I would say, even boring niche. And to, to generate like, I think we're almost at 200,000 subscribers. And our goal is to, to get to a million, like with a, with a YouTube channel about marketing. So yeah, the best thing you can do is always be on the lookout for great people to hire. And that, so right now we're in the process of hiring, uh, hint, hint. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry if, if, if this is not proper, but I, I just had to do it. So, and, and what I'm realizing, it's very hard to, to find great people uh, by posting job ads and waiting for people to find you. So the way I found uh, our two core employees in the marketing department, who are Josh and Sam, one is in charge of our blog and another in charge of uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, actually, I reached out to George, Josh myself. So the way Dmitry found me by looking at what is happening in the industry and reaching out to a person who seems promising, in the same way I found Josh. I found the person who was already writing great articles on their own blog. And I reached out and asked like, you're publishing great content. I wonder what's the motivation behind this? What are you trying to achieve? Maybe you can achieve the same thing while being a part of HFs. And with Sam, there was a different story. Sam had uh, his own digital agency, digital marketing agency. And he wanted to get HFs as one of his clients. Uh, but once we started talking, it escalated to actually him joining HREFs and becoming uh, our employee. So yeah, I think the, the best thing you can do is to always be on the lookout for great people to join you and help you do whatever you want to do and help you get wherever you want to get. I love that. And, and there's a... Uh... That's amazing. And, and there's already a couple of comments in here that, from people saying, I'll, I'll happily work for you. So I love that. <laughs> there's, there's also a story there about proactivity, isn't there? And, and it's pretty much the same as your own story in that, you know, you, you did a thing and, and then it kind of led to a place, but it wasn't necessarily a CV and the job description. It was, uh, you know, let's, let's interact as people. I'm conscious that uh, we, we sold on the basis of SEO. So let's get into SEO. Let's change tracks. Um, so let's, let's do two questions. What advice uh, do you think people should stop giving about SEO? And what advice do you wish that people gave more? Oh, I think the, the advice that people should stop giving about SEO is uh, making it look like some kind of dark magic. Uh, making it look like SEO is something that only a few people know how to do and only they can rank and others cannot. So the way, for example, we do SEO at HFs for our own website and we're quite successful at it because we're, we're, we're getting, ton, like our blog is getting, uh, I think 700,000 visits per month from search alone. And it's about double that per month from like all the sources of traffic. So we know a, a thing or two about ranking in Google. And we never cared about any kinds of tricks. So it's not that we know some, some system, some tactic or some, uh, I know some script that we ran on our server and it magically improved our, uh, our ranking. So yeah, SEO is not that much about knowing those tricks as it is about uh, doing everything you can, the best you can. So if you're creating a piece of content, Try to make it the best piece of content there is. If, you're, if you want your product to rank in Google, it's not about optimizing the landing page of this product or like uh, make, making it mobile friendly or else. Like those things, of course, of course help. Like if the page loads fast, if it's optimized for mobile, uh, it is obvious that that is like great user experience. It would help you rank well. But then if your product is not superior to other alternatives, why should Google rank you higher? Because people would naturally want to, to talk about the products that are better than yourself. They would link to the products that are better than yourself. That they would tweet the products that are better. So that product would naturally rank not because they know some SEO secret, but because they are better and they generate those kind of natural signals. People naturally talk about them. 
people naturally mention their brand on, on their websites. So yeah, when, when doing SEO, uh, you just have to know a few of the fundamentals. Uh, you just need to get them right and stop looking for some secret source, so, sauce uh, for magic bullets, uh, for like, uh, stop, stop listening to people who pretend that they are experts and they know something you don't and their secret can help you magically run, rank that doesn't exist. And I think this is the reason those like people who try to scam their clients are the reason why SEO has uh, a bit of bad reputation, a reputation among people because so many clients were scammed by SEO professionals who want to pretend they know some secret rather than SEO professionals who just want to put in real work uh, and rank their, their client via work and uh, not via secret that no one knows. I love that so much. Thank you. I mean, it speaks to integrity. Um, and, and Sophie here says, I think I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. And uh, I think uh, Catherine, Catherine mentioned of, uh, of your, your, your search traffic, she reckons that 600,000 of those is her trying to work out how to do keyword. <laughs> so so uh, let's, let's actually get into that, into keyword research. That is a fantastic segue there, Catherine. Thank you very much for providing that. Uh, so, um, so what's your process about knowing what to write about? I mean, do you start by um, having a topic in mind where you're like, hmm, I fancy writing about this, you know, this week, or do you go, are you led by the search, you know, and by search traffic and, and sort of research in that way? So uh, our own strategy our own content strategy is 90% focused on search traffic. So we, we dig for topics that people are actively searching, that people are actively searching for in Google. And we try to address those topics on our blog because this is what generates passive and consistent traffic. But uh, I understand that uh, that's not possible for every business because Ahrefs and SEO is the kind of thing that a lot of people in the world know exist. So they would search for terms like, what is link building? What is keyword research? What is keyword difficulty? How do I audit my website for SEO, blah, blah, blah. There, there's tons of searches in Google related to what our product does. But some other products and companies and businesses, they, have, uh, they solve a problem that people don't know exist. Mm -hmm. So they cannot rely on SEO traffic because people just don't search for this. So, and if you are in this privileged position uh, of being in an industry where people search for a solution to the problem that you have for them, you should absolutely figure out SEO and you should, you should absolutely do content marketing and SEO and get that free search traffic to yourself. And uh, how do you do this? You need a keyword research tool. There is no way around it because like, the, the only source of, uh, of keyword data is Google themselves. And they have this product called AdWords, which is for advertisers, where you can find the keywords to put your uh, advertisements on. Uh, but because this is a product for advertisers, not so much for search, uh, uh, search engine marketers, uh, they limit the amount of data that they give you. And they limit the amount of tools to, to be able to dive into this data and find the uh, uh, necessary insights for you. So uh, of course I'm incredibly biased, but if you need, if you want to do proper keyword research, you need a professional tool like Ahrefs. But again, since I'm biased, I, I will try to counterbalance that by saying, you don't need to sign up for Ahrefs for a year to, to do keyword research. You can essentially just sign up for our $7 trial, do all the keyword research you need in a week for $7 and this will keep you busy for months and months ahead. So uh, it's not really that, that expensive to do uh, great keyword research. And yeah, it's all, about, it's all about figuring out how popular is the term and what's the competition, how hard it would be to penetrate uh, the top ranking search results. Thank you for that. And, and I, I think there's an interesting point that you made there about there's a tendency within marketing circles and, and sort of, you know, the marketing gurus and stuff like that out there who say that you have to do something, you know, you have to do X, Y, Z. And, and the fact that you said there, or certainly my interpretation, and you can confirm or deny, is that, you know, like, you if you're in an industry where people are searching, then SEO seems like a really great idea. 
but you know if you're not then you know it's not that you don't worry about it but you don't need to spend that time i think that's a really interesting and on this point and uh, sarah has put a comment there who says uh that she really loves your honesty and, and catherine's actually said that i really needed to hear that as well so uh, thank you uh, thank you for that I, I think that's really interesting um so what are the biggest mistakes that you see assuming people are in an industry where seo is going to be worthy of their time and effort mm -hmm. uh what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they go about their keyword keyword research um because it's you know it's a big old thing right so yeah keyword research is uh is a beast that you do need to uh, to learn. So there is a bit of a learning curve to understand what is important and what isn't. Uh, and let me plug uh, a resource by myself. I wrote an article uh, on the topic of keyword research. I think if you actually search for keyword research, uh, it ranks number two. Uh, so we, we still don't manage to outrank Moz from their number one position. I think my article ranks number two, but this is quite a complete guide with everything you need to know. And that would definitely not fit uh, into the format of uh, our, uh, our webinar today. Uh, but yeah, essentially you just need to, uh, I think two of the most important things, if you won't go too deep, Ah, what, what is how many people uh, or how many times per month a certain keyword is being searched for? Like, what's the popularity of the term? And then uh, a made-up metric by ourselves here at HRFs, we call this business potential, which refers to how easy would it be for you to mention your product, your business, or whatever you want to, to sell, to promote to people within an article while covering this keyword. Because a lot of people just focus on the search traffic potential. Oh my God, this keyword generates so many searches. If I rank for it, like my website would be inundated with visitors. But hey, if you write an article on that topic, would you be able to properly sell your service? So I, I challenge uh, people to go to Ahrefs blog and give me an example of article that doesn't mention Ahrefs tools or features or data. In every article that we have on our blog, there would be at least one screenshot of Ahrefs interface because we try to, uh, to only write about topics that can have some business potential for our company because our goal is to promote Ahrefs. Now, we are actually right now at a point where we're running out of these topics. So we can go broader and we can talk about uh, broader topics where we don't necessarily mention Ahrefs, our tools, our data, etc but we would still generate like brand awareness and such. Yeah. But since we're talking about people who are in smaller companies and at the beginning of their journey, don't fall into the traffic trap. Uh, I believe there was, I don't, I don't remember who's the author uh, of that, uh, of this fun interpretation of acronym HITS, like uh, HITS as in Google Analytics HITS, how idiots track success. <laughs> so don't get carried away by looking at your stats in Google Analytics. You need to understand if the things that you're writing, uh, writing about and that you want to rank in Google, if they would bring you customers, if you can promote your product properly within those articles. So yeah, those are the two most, most important things to understand when, when picking keywords to, to, to write about. I love that. And, and it reminds me of a story that when I was in my first year of marketing and I think, uh, so the company that I used to work for, um, it, it, did, it was a software conference and we had one blog post that was written about expertise. And, and the way that we illustrated expertise was we told the story of Giotto's circle. So this story is like, it was about a person who could draw a perfect circle by hand, by freehand. And that's what the blog post was about. You know, it was about this, per this guy who could draw this perfect circle. Sorry if you can hear crying in the background, by the way, this is 2021. So uh, I, I, in fact, I don't make any apologies. Um, you know, it's lovely. Anyway, um, so he could draw this perfect circle by hand. And we got to the front page of Reddit with it, um, with this particular blog post. And it drove like 80,000 clicks on a day. Uh, but did we sell any more conference tickets? Hell no, we didn't. You know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, it's, that, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? You know, that... I think it's always great to see the analytics go up and to the right. But if you're actually, you know, not driving any business result off the back of it, then that's really interesting. Um, and I know that actually your business impact score has 
uh, three sort of levels to it. So could you speak about that a little bit more? Because I think it's the type of thing that people could implement themselves in their own businesses um, when they're coming up to, with their own SEO and, and content strategy. Uh, yes, yeah, so one quick comment. Uh, as I was looking at the comments that were popping up, someone mentioned the search intent, uh, mm -hmm. which is a very fair comment. Uh, but yeah, this is again, uh, goes back to me not being able to properly explain the whole of keyword research. But yeah, uh, just for people who are not aware of it, uh, search intent is matching, is making sure that whatever article you want to write about a search query is what people are actually searching for. And yeah, if you read my article on the topic of keyword research, you'll see uh, an interesting example of how we ourselves nailed uh, search intent and our page went from number eight to number one and stayed there uh, till today. So uh, in terms of uh, business potential, here at Ahrefs, we, uh, we use a simple score from zero to three, where three means that your product is an absolutely irreplaceable solution to the problem. For example, uh, I, I'm usually using the same example all the time. If you are writing article about uh, on the topic of how to lose weight, uh, the, absolutely, the absolutely irreplaceable solution is a diet because uh, I think most of the scientific people in the field agree that consuming less calories uh, if you are like a healthy individual, because like all sorts of situations exist, but if you are like a healthy individual, consuming less calories leads to losing weight. So uh, if, if you're writing an article about how to lose weight, offering like proper diet plans and such would be an irreplaceable solution. Business potential of two means that your solution helps a lot, but it's not critical because we already have a critical solution. So things that help to lose weight are supplements, fitness, maybe even surgeries. So all those things can be mentioned and can be successfully sold within an article whenever you're writing about how to lose weight. Business potential number one, uh, or business, business potential score of one means that you can mention your product, but the odds that people would buy, the, the odds that it would be relevant to solving your problem are very slim. So what can you mention uh, within an article about losing weight, but the chances that people will buy it are slim. A kettlebell. So a kettlebell is a great piece of home uh, equipment for working out and kind of burning some calories and such. But would a person uh, who is looking to lose weight necessarily buy a kettlebell from such an article? No, not really. And then business potential of zero means that there's no way you can plug a mention of your product or a service uh, into the article. Uh, and yeah, I, I won't even come up with examples. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, one one uh, one time I was uh, explaining this example, uh, I think to some to some live audience, uh, and the guy raised his hand and said, uh, "Team, you're wrong because like the the most replaceable solution, the best way to lose weight is a divorce." So that was quite fun. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but I, I do love that, you know, as as a way of of focusing on the, on your activity, and I think that's something that. I'd also, I'm interested in, and before we get into some questions from the community is that you're still writing, you know, and, and you're, you're in a team, you know, granted you're, you're not in the thousand person company, but you know, you, you in your position, you're still writing. And, and I think you also spoke about quality and, you know, being the best at, at what you do. So how do you find time to write? I mean, that's, that's difficult, right? You know, I've got, so I've got, a couple of blog post ideas that are sat on my board behind me right now, you know, that I'd love to write, but they've been there for like the past three weeks. So do you have like a process or what's, what's the way that you sort of approach writing yourself or carving out time to write? So uh, it's very hard uh, for me to carve out time to write, but I just enjoy doing this. And uh, because Ahrefs, like our marketing, uh, consists of teaching other marketers how to do marketing. So if you want other marketers to listen to you, you have to be one step ahead of them. And uh, I, with my experience and uh, my position and the resources that I have uh, and the people who I speak to, uh, the, the amount of opportunity that I have of coming up with uh, interesting ideas and having interesting perspectives and being able to uh, validate those interesting perspectives with other like marketing leaders uh, uh, of uh, like of our world, uh, it is just easier for me 
compared to to someone for example who we who we would hire tomorrow uh for example like six years ago when i was just starting out it was a problem for me to pitch myself to be a guest on some podcast or webinar uh, and now people reach out to me and invite me to be uh to be a guest and yeah <laughs> uh, exactly and uh, and what I figured out that whenever I see an interesting person on Twitter and, and they're saying something that resonates with me and they want to discuss it with them, I just shoot them private message and book a call with them. And so far, 100% of people who I approach this way agreed to jump on a call with me. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, thanks to the work that I was putting in till today, mm-hmm. I was able to get in a position where I can be on the kind of cutting edge of what's happening in our industry, which is not something that uh, some other members of our marketing department can do. This is why I feel that it is important that I find time to share whatever I'm learning by talking to other marketing professionals and by going through something that is happening in our own marketing department to, to share it with others. Like if I won't share it, who will? And uh, I'm I'm not I'm not an exception in any way uh, because in many companies the actual founders do this. For example, Basecamp is one of the most popular uh, companies where founders actually write books. Yeah. Uh, I haven't yet uh, got to to writing a book. This is like on my to do list. Maybe someday it will happen. But yeah, I just feel that uh, if you're in a position where you can where you have access to knowledge to ideas where you can connect with people. Uh, and when you have resources and bandwidth to experiment and come up with interesting insights, uh, you have to be creating content to pass those insights to other people. Love that. Well, that you know, I think that speaks to a truth that we're hearing again and again. You know, so um, a few weeks ago we had David Hyatt on, who's the founder of Hyatt Denim, and uh, he spoke to you know first of all to doing one thing well but also about how success for him is measured in decades rather than years and months and weeks and days and i think that's you know your story again is sort of these doors are opening for you because you've put in the graft up front you know and taking the time so i think in a way my question was an unfair one because i think we all spend so long looking for these shortcuts and and these sort yeah. of hacks and, and whatever it is sometimes hard work you know is just hard work and and you know there is there is just time that needs to be put in these things and and you know that's there was absolutely no hack sorry to interrupt you but i just wanted again to share uh some of my earlier experiences the first interview that i ever did i requested all questions up front i wrote my answers uh and and printed them on a piece of paper and thanks god it wasn't like a video interview it was just audio and i was literally reading all my answers from the paper and i was shaking and by the end of the interview my my t-shirt was like all sweaty so it was an incredibly uh i was incredibly nervous and that lasted for quite a while uh, and i'm still nervous whenever i need to do like public speaking when i go on stage in front of an audience that is still very stressful for me so yeah it's not that uh maybe some people are born with natural talent where they nail their very first interview that was not my case so i hope that would be and i'm not even a native speaker so uh six years ago my accent and my knowledge of english was uh way worse than it is today i still have to put in two hours uh, every week to work on my english with uh, a tutor uh, over skype so yeah, uh, the struggle is real. You have to put in the work and some people, maybe they are born gifted and they nail it from their first go, but definitely not how my career unfolded. So yeah, if, if some people feel that they are terrible at something, uh, you can do this if you if you do it enough times. I love that. I love that. And hopefully that's, that's a moment of, um, you know, allowing people to relax just a little bit and, and sort of enjoy the journey as well because it is a journey and, and we're all doing it and the comments are sort of coming in from so many <laughs> lovely but we've got vicky here who says this makes me feel so much better thanks for sharing i love writing 
uh, and, and and now I've lost the comment because they're all coming up. But um, it, it's really great, and your English is indeed fab, tips, Tim. So uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so let's take some questions from the community, and, and there's 21 open questions, so uh, we we can uh, we maybe can go through them quite quickly. Uh, so the first one is from uh, Jemima, and Jemima asks uh, when there when there are so many SEO ideas slash strategies slash techniques. How do you manage these and, and prioritize what to focus on when it comes, you know, to to SEO as a as a big broad topic? That's the point. I don't think there are that many SEO strategies and uh, SEO techniques. There are just a few fundamentals. So the first fundamental is that side of your website has to be sound. So it should load fast. It shouldn't have like uh, duplicate pages or like worthless pages, and Today, in 2021, there are plenty of uh, SEO website audit tools. Uh, HREFS has one of them, uh, which can crawl your website and give you a list of issues that you need to fix. And you don't even need to fix them yourself because you, you probably have a person who created the website for you. So all you have to do is forward that list of issues to them and say, like, I audited my website with this SEO tool. It says that these are the critical issues. Can you please fix them for me? That's all you need to do like uh, on the technical side. It's like, it's not your job to, to fix technical side of things. We have like web developers for this, people who, whose profession is to create websites, fix websites, etc. So this is the first fundamental. The second fundamental is keyword research, which we just discussed. Simply uh, doing your homework on what your potential audience is searching for and what is the business potential of that for your company. And, and of course, like, create amazing content and by creating amazing content i'm not saying that you should go read like 10 articles on the topic and write 11th article on the topic that won't get you anywhere so what you need to do is what i was saying so uh, whenever i want to write an article i don't go and read like the article the existing articles and create like copycat a frankenstein from pieces that i've learned from other articles i try to rely on my personal experience i try to talk to people and uh, come up with interesting experiments and such uh, with maybe study some data, do some survey, etc. So what, what we are promoting within our content marketing department is people need to think of themselves as journalists, not so much copywriter. So what would a journalist do? They would, I don't know, infiltrate uh, some criminal, uh, criminal group and like live with them for a year just to be able to write a column for New York Times on how like some criminal group is operating in New York or something. So yeah, you you don't like your job isn't to write stuff. Your job is to do stuff, is to figure out stuff and lay it out for other people based on your uh, unique experiences. This is how you create amazing content. And then when you have the technical side, when you have the content that is addressing whatever people are searching for, the last thing is to promote it. Mm. Uh, and what's cool is that when your content is stunning, when you infiltrated a criminal group and lived with them for a year and like did assignments with them for a year, this is something I want to know about. So this is something, whenever I see this ad, I'm clicking on it. Whenever I see such video on YouTube, I'm clicking on it and I'm checking it out. If you give me 11 tips on how to promote your website, I'm not clicking on it. Sorry, it's not interesting. Like it's been said a hundred times before. So yeah, what I'm saying is that if you do a very good job in creating unique, amazing content, mm -hmm. promoting it would be super easy. It would take off like easily. You post it on Reddit, uh, it goes to the front page of Reddit. Then some one, one of your readers posts it, I don't know, on Hacker News. It goes viral on Hacker News. Someone tweets this, like uh, it gets retweeted a thousand times. And now think if you created a mediocre piece of content, and someone tweeted it and no one cared because it's a mediocre piece of content. So don't look for hacks. Don't look for like the next shiny marketing tool which will or the next shiny marketing tactic which would promote. Your... So I think it was uh, Ryan Holiday who said uh, a very cool phrase, promotion is not how things are made great. It's how they're heard about. So it's not, your problem isn't promotion. Your problem is to make something great. How to promote it is easy. Promoting great stuff is easy. 
So interesting. That's, that's really interesting. And I love this from Montserrat who says, just do the basics first. And, and you know, that comes up, you know, brilliant answer. Really, really brilliant answer. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we're going to move on because, you know, not because I'm not interested, but because there's so many open questions that I want to make sure that we can get folks to uh, have their questions answered. So we've got one from Dan and this speaks a little bit to uh, a point that you make about ROI. Uh, so Dan asks, uh, what key statistics might you put forward if looking to justify to managers that time needs to be spent on SEO? And I'd also add in content marketing if I could squeeze that in. Uh, I often find apathy or a priority for firefighting takes precedence when trying to put time aside for working on our site. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm blessed that uh, my CEO and founder is a person who kind of intrinsically understands uh, how content works and the value of content. Um, and we've been with, uh, with Dmitry through the whole journey. So he's completely sold on the concept of content marketing. And in six years that I've been with HFs, I haven't created a single like quarterly or annual report. We haven't ever planned our marketing budget and they never had any specific KPI that I would have to nail uh, by the end of the year. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to be working with Dmitry because <laughs> his, his ideology is that we should just do the stuff that makes sense. Because whenever you try to attach yourself to any specific number, it is easy to do the wrong stuff and optimize for this number while other numbers would suffer from it. And in terms of the ROI of content marketing, I firmly believe that it is an impossible to measure and quantify and I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted uh, a thread about the ROI of content marketing and they provided 10 ways how content marketing cont contributes to the success of our own company uh, and kind of explained why those 10 things cannot be uh, measured. So those 10 things are, we attract new customers, we retain customers, we uh, promote, we uh, get account upgrades because customers learn about the features that were not supported on their plan. We have account reactivations because when people haven't used us for a while, they realize that the tool has developed. Uh, we get the word of mouth because uh, when, when we teach people how to use our software, they would go and tell this to their friends. Uh, we have less strain on our support because by reading our content, people understand how to use our products better and uh, start less support chats. And there are like many, many other reasons how our content is helping us. So even if we would try to measure a single like metric, a single uh, KPI, and it would tell us that it's not worth creating content, we would still create content because that sing single metric, it is not indicative of all the value that content is bringing to our company. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and we were speaking before we went live. So um, one of the ways that I found out about HREFs was through activity, which probably wouldn't ever be attributed. It was when, you know, you were speaking, uh, Harry Dry's marketing examples. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting, you know, and, and sort of followed it through that way. But there's almost, it, it's an interesting dilemma, right? So, you know, if we go back to Dan's question, he was sort of speaking about like apathy and, and people, you know, not believing in, in this activity and sort of like saying, you know what, you need to do this right now. And I, I love these comments coming in. You know, we've got Prachi who sort of says, I so want to work for a, uh, for HRFs right now. And, and uh, Laura, who said, if only all companies worked in this way. And I guess there's almost something that you spoke about right at the beginning, which was a trust between you and Dimitri that you're going to be doing the right things. And, you know, you've obviously earned that trust over the years and you are where you are now have no he's he still uh, looks after me <laughs> oh, <does laughs> I, I i earned some trust but he still looks after me okay that's that's really interesting so i mean <laughs> i guess the question is like um do you need a ceo who believes in marketing or is there you know when he does come after you you know do you what convincing do you do to sort of say you know what this is still worth our time you know this is still worth the effort because you know, it's well, like you're an amazing culture, right? I think with SEO, it is there's there's one good argument that people can try on their CEO or their manager. So here's the thing: uh, there's this search traffic potential. There are those things that people are putting into Google, 
willing to find a solution to their problem and willing to pay for it. And someone is ranking at the top and getting those people for free while we need to spend money to acquire those same customers. So every day, while we are not ranking there, those people are getting new customers and those new customers are generating more word of mouth for them, are generating more sales for them and they're giving them more budget to create more of this content. So every day that you're not ranking there and not getting those people to yourself, you're, you're lagging behind your competitors. Perfect. So yeah, uh, like, like I like to say, like I like to say, as I like, as I like to say, uh, if in your industry, if in your business, there's search traffic potential, there's, there's uh, people who are searching for the things that you are providing, there's no excuse not to do SEO. Absolutely no excuse. People are searching for you. You have to, you're doing those people a disservice by not working uh, on your ICO because they find they're finding someone else and that someone else might have an inferior product. So you're actually doing a disservice for people because they cannot find you. I love that. No, amazing. And really that speaks to the, the, the core of marketing, right? You know, that you're, you're looking to solve a need for a person. So if you're able to solve that need better than anyone else, then uh, I love that you like to think of it as a disservice that you're not helping them out. <laughs> so that's a really great way of thinking about it. And, and, and it's the thing that keeps me interested in marketing and, and it's interesting to hear you infer the same. Um, so we've got a question from uh, Anonymous here uh, who asks your top tips for managing time wisely so that you can work on the things that really matter while remaining creative. And I guess I would, I'd like to add in, you know, like if you go on your blog, you've got like you've got amazing creative that's clearly been made by like an illustrator or maybe it hasn't i don't know you know you've got uh presumably someone editing your work and you've got someone writing it as well what are the sort of like the 20 percent of activity that sort of makes the 80 percent of difference uh when it comes to writing and, and sort of the creativity in, in your process uh, so first of all, I'm terrible at managing my time. So uh, don't ask me for like productivity advice. Uh, I'm not the right person. Uh, in terms of what is the 20% uh, of like time investment or efforts that makes 80% of output, that, that goes back again to uh, original ideas, doing something that no one has done before and willing to go to a place uh, that no one has been before. So again, uh, an example that I'm frequently giving is back in the days when I was running my own blog, uh, I decided to survey, uh, to do a survey of 500 bloggers and ask them for access to their Google Analytics because I wanted to measure what is the referral traffic that you can get from your guest articles. So I wanted a number to see like if you're writing guest articles for other blog, how much referral traffic can you get out of it? And out of 500 bloggers, I think a few hundred uh, agreed either to give me access to their Google Analytics or provided me with the screenshots from the referral traffic from some of their latest guest articles. And I basically uh, put the numbers into a spreadsheet and calculated that the average traffic from a guest article in the digital marketing industry was 50 visits. So you, you publish a guest article, you get 50 visits to your website, that's it. And that, that was like the most popular article on my blog so far. It generated the most links from other websites. People were referencing my study when they needed to make a case that uh, guest blogging is not very good for generating referral traffic. And uh, I think five years later, because I published it about five years ago, no one bothered to reproduce this study. Why? Because it takes a lot of effort to reach out to 500 people to beg them for their numbers, to explain everyone why you need this, to crunch this, to create. So yeah, uh, that, that is a ton of effort. I, I spent tons of time creating this article, but that is, that is how you get traction because uh, I'm still talking about this article today, like six years later, this is something, this is a piece of content that I'm using uh, to, to prove my point. Yeah, yeah. I... <sighs> You know, I'm sat here, you know, and, and you know, I sit in the industry and I'm guilty of it as, as anyone else. So I'm certainly not, you know, suggesting that uh, I'm any better than anyone else. But, you know, I, I, I just love this because 
I put out a blog post and, you know, sometimes, you know, you press the button and you're like, come on then, you know, come on traffic, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, come on business and stuff like that. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, to, I think that original thought is, is something really special. And if I reflect on the journey of, of the marketing meetup, the community, it's always been those moments where we've done something a little bit different and a little bit special where you see those, you know, people getting in touch and saying, oh, that was amazing, you know, or, or whatever it is. And, and so I guess this, this time that you're spending on this content, it doesn't need to be seen as, a, as an expenditure. It can be seen as an investment, right? You know, that you're actually taking the time and, and over six years, you know, you can still reflect on, on this, this journey and this content that you're producing and still reference back to it. I really, really love that. Um, we're coming towards the end of our time. So I'll probably just finish on, on one last question, which is about how SEO activity fits into the rest of your marketing channels. So I know that right now, for example, you've invested a lot of time into a, a YouTube course and you also write on Medium, you know, personally and stuff like that. So, you know, so far as I'm aware, that doesn't have any SEO benefit for HRS or anything like that. It's more about reputation and stuff like that. So why are you choosing to invest your time in off-site activity when you could be building in activity which has more on-site benefit? So to speak. Uh, this is a great question. And uh, so as a marketer and uh, while trying to be a thought leader, while trying to be at the cutting edge of marketing uh, and uh, give people new fresh ideas, I'm actually quite frequently thinking of what is marketing anyway? Mm -hmm. What are we doing at the end of the day? And uh, I, I still haven't. I still don't have a good answer to this question. Maybe that would be like uh, a good, uh, a good like premise for the book, but not yet. <laughs> but what I'm realizing is that uh, marketing is a big part about uh, driving attention to where you need that attention to be, and SEO is a very straightforward way to get attention. I mean, people are searching for you. All you need to do is figure out like how Google's algorithm works, like the, the fundamentals of it and do those things to, to rank in the top and the attention will be yours. Uh, SEO is very simple. And, uh, but Google is not the only channel where people are hanging out, uh, where you can get this attention. You have YouTube, uh, you have Medium, uh, you have Pinterest, you have Instagram. There are lots of, I don't know, call them websites, call them platforms, call them social networks or just places. There are lots of places where people are hanging out online and you need to understand how to get their attention on any specific platform or place. So, and that is the reason why we decided to pursue uh, our YouTube channel because I am a user of YouTube. I like watching YouTube videos on all sorts of things. And I realized that uh, I want HRFs to have a presence on YouTube. Whenever someone wants to watch educational videos about SEO, we have to be there. Same with Medium. I know that a lot of people who are into digital marketing, into startups and all that, they are reading Medium. So whenever they open Medium and they get like article recommendations, I want to be there. So it's all about grabbing attention of people with your work and for that you need to to go to the places where people are hanging out and to understand how those places work and to create the content that would resonate people with people at that place i love that thank you so much right we're, we're gonna call it there tim um but there's already a bunch of really lovely comments that have come in uh from folks people uh pragya saying uh super session uh, enjoying exactly post-Easter motivation. We've got Elise saying, great session today. Happy to see that people keep making things simple. Uh, okay, and now I'm not going to be able to keep up because there's lots of thank yous <laughs> coming in. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I love that. Bring Tim back. Uh, I'd love <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Wicked. Well, awesome. We'll have to do like a, a, a series of like best of. <laughs> awesome. um, but folks, um, so first of all, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for taking the time. Brings like DJ Tim Seeley. I love that. Um, <laughs> thank you all so, so much for being here. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for the comments. Um, like, 
this community is unreal and the fact that you've taken the time out your morning to be here this morning is really really appreciated i hope you've learned something i just feel a lot more relaxed if anything else you know i'm going to chill out and i'm just going to do some good work i think i think that's what i want to do after this session um great idea <laughs> yeah um if there's one thing that the marketing meetup community can do uh, for us well there's two the first is to thank the sponsors and then the second is I want you to send uh, Tim's social media platforms on Meltdown for the next day or two. Uh, so if you find him on Twitter and you find him on LinkedIn, um, then, you know, let's, let's, you know, it's an amazing session. You're all amazing. Let's take the time just to share the news. Um, honestly, it makes the hugest difference. Last week, we had almost a thousand people join the community off the back of the word of mouth that came off last week's session. I'd love to do the same this week too. Um, so Tim, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, for tuning in this morning. Thank the sponsors, thank Tim, and just have a lovely, lovely day. Uh, take care. Thanks, mate. All right, brilliant. Take care.